Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the hour of truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Well, warm welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, every third Tuesday of the month at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. UK Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. A series Radio Live invites you to discover the fascinating truth about karma, life on other planets, the Mother Earth, the New World, and much more, which were revealed through Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. Today's hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, will be talking about a very interesting topic, which is from science, from seance to science, how Dr. King transformed mediumship. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to their insight on this, so without further ado, I'll give you Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you, Noemi. Thank you, Noemi. Hello, Chrissy. Hello, Richard, and hello, everybody you... listening. Indeed, indeed. And unfortunately, we're listening at a, a very dangerous time, really, in the Middle East. And yes. uh, I think perhaps, I know we've got online services lined up on 12blessings.org, uh, this weekend for that very purpose of peace and freedom in, in that region. But I was wondering, Chrissy, whether you would be kind enough to lead us in a prayer for peace and freedom in the Middle East. Oh, yes, my pleasure. Um, thank you. So I'd ask people to please sit or stand comfortably and just take a few deep breaths and prepare to send out love and light to this region of the world, which is going through so much at the moment to help bring resolution and peace and freedom to this part of the world. So now, let's just raise our hands and open our hearts and allow this great love to flow through us as we join in this prayer. O divine and wondrous God, we ask that your light, power and strength may flow through us now that we may help to bring peace, harmony, and freedom to the situation in the Middle East and to all who reside in this area of our world. O oh God, may we be channels for thy great and everlasting love so that this may flow in a healing stream to all affected by this situation. And may thy light, O God, imbue the decision-makers with wisdom, clarity of mind, and love. We thank thee, almighty God, for listening to our prayer. May thy will be done. Thank, thank you, you very much, for that. everybody, for joining together. And that was a beautiful Richard prayer. Said, thank you. As Richard said, please do join us. Um, at the weekend, 12blessings.org, in sending, continuing to send our love to this area of the world. Yes, uh, since the last Ethereus Radio Live, we, we had our, our series of online services to mark the beginning of this spiritual push, and the, uh, the attendance of that have been, was quite spectacular. We, we've getting lots of people, which we really appreciate, and about one occasion we had... I think over 130 people 
either tuning in online, well, I say people, devices, it could have been more than that, some attending either in London or Los Angeles as well. And uh, the numbers were averaging over 100 throughout that first week of the spiritual push. So all the Theorist Radio Live uh, listeners who joined in in any of those or all of those, thank you so much. Uh, Chris, it's quite interesting, some of the countries that uh, we, we got record of that joined in. I think there was 34 countries Really? Uh, something in oh, that region. Yeah. Mm. And they really include, great. obviously, the UK and the USA, but Canada, but also Portugal, Nigeria, Norway, India, Italy. I mean, I won't read them all, but all sorts of Ecuador, Romania. These are just picking one or two at random. Egypt, Morocco, Libya, uh, mm. Pakistan, Japan, Mexico, Sri Lanka, uh, and many others I haven't mentioned, South Africa and others. Uh, some of the ones that we obviously would might expect, like Ghana, where we ha- were very active anyway, but also Germany and Belgium. I've almost read them all now, but uh, <laughs> th- there are others I haven't got uh, all of them listed. But it was it was a fantastic effort, and um, we really appreciate everyone from every part of the world who joins in with TwelveBlessings.org with our online services. Yeah, it's very inspiring to be a part of that and to realize that even though you can't see all the people in different countries, there's a sort of a web of light going out from all these different areas. It's very, very inspiring and uh, to mm. take part in that. It is, and, and it brings everyone together for this one. This is the solution, as we've talked about so often on this station. The, you know, the spiritual energy crisis is the real crisis. And, yeah. um, you know, this is the way to help to solve it, or one of the ways to help to solve it. And, and I think, Chrissy, you've got some very interesting astrological information, haven't you, before we get into our topic of the day. Oh, yeah, thank you, Richard. We'd like to do an occasional news slash, and it is mm. astrologically the most important day of the year today, not by chance, June the 15th, uh, sorry, May the 15th, uh, when the planet Uranus, which is the ruler of this age, or the co-ruler of this age of Aquarius, is mm. moving signs. And this is a big event because it takes seven years, and it's been trolling through the sign of Aries, bringing its revolutionary rep, uh, energies, its revelationary energies also as energies of inspiration of change uh, through mm-hmm. Aries and coming into Taurus for seven years and it's sort of mm-hmm. being um, also compounded by the fact that there's a new moon in Taurus today too and we call this in astrology double whammy it's like underlining the event with another similar event to, mm-hmm. to make sure everybody sits up and takes notice well one thing I believe and some other astrologers also is that the Taurus which Uranus is coming into, is one of the um, co-rulers of, um, or the Earth rather, the planet Earth Mm. is one of the co-rulers of the sign of Taurus. And Mm. so I believe we will see more of these kind of sudden Earth changes of the type that we're now seeing in Hawaii, unfortunately in some ways, but as regular listeners will know, these Earth changes are inevitable and they are essential. and that's a whole other topic, but um, mm. it's a very interesting day today and the beginning of many changes. Well, it's fascinating, and of course, people can go to your website and I'm sure get a lot more information on that. Oh, thank you, Richard. Yes, astrologycity.com. Astrologycity.com. So, Richard, um, mm. yeah, so interesting, the title, you know, from Seance to Science, um, yes. which... In a way, it's interesting astrologically because we're moving from a more mystic approach of the Neptunian-ruled Piscean Age to the more scientific mm. approach of the Uranian-ruled yeah. Aquarian Age. 
And Good in point. this yeah. age of science, we're learning about many of what previously regarded as mysteries. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about when, and we discussed this also, when um, Moses received the Ten Commandments. Many mm. people believe that he received these directly from God. Now, in yeah. this age of science, we wonder, well, what really did happen? And I wondered if you, Richard, might be able to give an explanation, because I know you're very, very uh, steeped, you're an experienced medium yourself, and you know, I'd like to ask you whether you could describe this experience well, from your perspective. Uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, f- first thing I'd say is that I, I, I was really, to be honest, quite pleased with the, the from seance to science. Uh, not because it's quite a good turn of phrase, but also because it's mm. so literally true of what Dr. King did with mediumship. Um, he found uh, and he went through in his early years, in, you know, before the command in 1954, uh, sort of in, in the late 40s and early 50s, uh, attending various spiritualists, the London Marylebone Spiritualist Church and, and uh, or Society, I think it might have been called, and others, um, you know, and he was very, very familiar with the type of mediumship that was about, and there was a lot of it about, of course, in those days, I mean, there still is, but I think he, uh, the impression you get from what he said is that he wasn't very, very impressed with it, and he could so easily have done something different, um, and and done something rather like, but better, pro- um, undoubtedly better, but something along the lines that Alice Bailey or Madame Blavatsky or uh, did, which was, uh, well, in the case of Madame Blavatsky, mainly remote viewing, a kind of advanced psychic ability, and in the case of Alice Bailey, a sort of clairaudient telepathic rapport, although she seemed to shun psychic and mediumistic things, she must have used them to a degree to do what she did. But he didn't do that. He took the sort of really sort of uh, low grade from his point of view and from Truth's point of view, mediumship that existed, trance mediumship, where uh, an individual speaks through the voice of the medium, if you like, the larynx of the medium, and turned it into something entirely different. So you're, you're very kind to say that, you know, I'm an experienced medium, but what I have done is abso- isn't even in the same ballpark, as they say in America, or it's not the same practice, really, as, as what Dr. King did. And I'd apply that myself to pretty well everyone I know of. I'm, I'm not saying it's never been done, but possibly it's never been done. I, I don't know of anyone who has ever done what he did. But so we, we can come back to that. But, and I mean, I must have to put my hands up and admit this is a subject I'm fascinated by and very, very interested in, um, partly because on a very low level, I, I've done sort of basic mediumship, which I repeat is not the same thing as what he did. But um, to answer your question about Moses, though, of course, that wasn't exactly mediumship. That was hearing an audible voice And as you rightly say, it's been put down as God. But I think even in the Bible, it's described as the Lord, I think. In fact, in in a book I wrote, UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message, I gave an an, an extract from the book of Exodus. And it, it goes like this. This is in the Bible, actually. And the Lord said unto Moses... Hew thee two tablet tables of stone like unto the first, because people might remember after the Ten Commandments he was so disgusted by his own people, actually, to put it frankly, the people who are following him and their reaction and, and what they'd done, that he he smote the stones that carried the the uh, 
the the Ten Commandments and they broke and he then he had to take them up again and the voice continued be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount and no man shall come with thee neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount so this is another thing that when Moses received it he had to be completely alone there couldn't be anyone else there and then he's, and he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first. This is still the Bible. Moses rose up early in the morning and went up unto Mount Sinai as the Lord, the Lord again, had commanded him, and took his hand, the two in his hand, the two tables of stone. And the Lord descended in the cloud, the cloud clearly being a an extraterrestrial vehicle, and stood right. with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. So this was an audible voice, and Dr. King has explained that it was a Lord of Karma, and he's compared it, actually, to his own experience, which we've talked about before, where, where he received uh, the, 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 the information about the, the coming of the next master, uh, and he's called that the Lord's Declaration. Um, so this wasn't God, per se, because God is above any individual, even a great individual, even the greatest individual. God is all, as we know from the Twelfth Blessing and other teachings. But it was a voice, and it was audible. Now, I think, coming back to Dr. King, his decision, and I would believe it, I don't know this, but I would believe it to be his decision to use trans mediumship to receive these communications um, or, or many of them certainly up until 1981 I believe uh, he was receiving most of them in this way but not all um, brought us the voice and the energy of these communicators so yes we don't actually hear um, the voice of, of uh, you know the, the of, of that and when we read the ten commandments we don't hear the voice of the lord who delivered them but wouldn't it be wonderful if we did and although yeah. we don't hear mars sector six audibly as a physical voice we get an enactment of it and a wonderful enactment of it through his larynx and so when we hear something like the nine freedoms uh, we aren't just reading the words which would still be fantastic if we just had the words and nothing else I think it would be a good exercise for Ethereus Radio Live listeners, actually, to try to imagine if we had our teachings, the Ethereus Society teachings from the Cosmic Masters, without any voices at all. We just had the written word, and it would mm. still be second to none. But we wouldn't have the authority, in the case of Mars Sector 6, of that voice, that, that resonant, commanding, knowing, powerful voice and energy so that when he says, you know, the first freedom will be bravery, you, you, you hear it as a declaration, as opposed to, say, if you read it, you might think that's a prediction. If you that's just saw the words, point. you know. And, and, and that's all thanks, I would say, entirely thanks. I think Martin Sexix himself once referred to that through the grace of primary terrestrial mental channel. And I, I think we owe it all to Dr. King choosing to use something which had been badly misused and was very inaccurate at best on this planet, namely transmediumship, and turning it into something entirely different. Well, that's a very interesting point, Richard, because when we think about sacred texts from other religions, they don't, of course they don't have the voice. No. Um, and they, therefore they don't have the energy. And it's interesting, yeah. isn't it, because our master 
the voice, if you like. He, he said that this is what we need, the spiritual energy. And here we're getting this cosmic energy being channeled through him. And every time we play it at our services and so on, uh, mm-hmm. we get this energy. So that's a very interesting point, isn't it? That it is. I'm, I'm we talking about our services. Yeah. And, you know, the one, one thing that we do play uh, every Sunday is one of the blessings. And that's the 12 blessings. And that set of teachings is one that we actually know would have been delivered anyway. We, we don't know that the nine freedoms would have been delivered anyway. It might, it might, in fact, I would say the implication is that it probably would not have been delivered uh, because we're told that it was a world record when Mars Sector 6 spoke through Dr. King, implying he'd never spoken through any other person um, and, or, or individual on the planet. Otherwise, why would it be a world record? And it's quite possible and, possib- and likely that he wouldn't have been able to deliver it through anyone else at all. Now, the 12 blessings, we do know that would have been given, and I think it, it's particularly uh, interesting to think about that one because the voice is so beautiful, isn't it? I mean, and I, yeah. I, you know, you hear that voice, and it's compassion, it's love, it's, it's, it, it's power as well, it's um, culture, you know everything in that wonderful voice of the martyr jesus and as you say the energy of it we have had it been given as we were told it would have been given about 50 years later you're you're talking something in the region of 2010 which raises something very interesting which is how would it have been given um you know unless someone had come to earth in the meantime like saint peter uh, for example, a great being like that, something other plan had kicked in that we don't know about, um, there was no one, I would suggest, capable um, of taking that in that way. And, and it's quite possible, and Dr. King did say once, that when teachers come from very high source, they sometimes have to go down through the realms. They don't go straight because an, uh, you know, an ordinary medium, something we can talk about, could not take... Um, especially in that way, the the uh, the communication of a master like the Master Jesus, unless there was some, well, you know, I mean, I'm just saying this, some massive karmic intervention of some kind to enable it, it couldn't happen. So it would quite possibly have come down through the realms, uh, down to a lower person on the higher higher realms, the higher mental realms, and then to a medium here who in all probability wouldn't have got it in that way. It might have just been in written form, rather like Alice Bailey got her teachings. And, you know, it would be A, much less powerful because you wouldn't have the voice, and B, I would say less accurate, having gone through that procedure. And C, we... So, yeah, and there is a C, sorry. We wouldn't um, have known at all how to use it because the only reason we practice yeah. the 12 blessings is because Dr. King was here to tell us how to do it. You wouldn't, if you just got those words, you wouldn't know that you had to read the blessing and then the heading and then later the prayer and raise your hands and visualize the white light. And the whole practice was um, brought into being really by Dr. King. Yes, that's so true. So a very good medium would have had to have been found, and that's a, you make some fascinating points. And at that point, Richard, I'd like to 
um, ask you a little bit about your mediumship because I think it, it helps to put things into context for people who really perhaps they don't know too much about mediumship. And you're very modest, and you're, but you are a very, very good medium, I think, for over 30 years. Well, it's years. relative. And uh, people can check out your, um, some of your messages on your website, uh, richardlawrence.co.uk. And, but um, I know there's a big difference between uh, your mediumship and Dr. King's, but I just wondered if you could... Um, talk a little bit, bit about mediumship from your perspective um, yeah. and then we'll lead up to um, the master's you know, type of mediumship. Yeah. In other words, when you, when you are yourself, how do you, when you're demonstrating mediumship, Richard, um, how do you feel? I mean, is it something that just comes to you very easily or you know, what, what, does it, what is necessary for it to happen? Well, it's it's very very. As far as I'm concerned, it's very very. It's not easy. Uh, I don't, I think mediums who say it's easy, and uh, you know, I just want to. I know I'm getting a bit laborious here, but I want to repeat. This is an entirely different procedure from that adopted by Dr. King. First of all, I don't do trans mediumship anyway. Right. And and Dr. King was very. I mean, actually, years ago, you might remember, Chrissy, I did try it. And um, yeah. I found when I did that I started, although it was interesting, I started to, and we're not talking here about cosmic intelligences either. We're talking about, you know, people on other realms only. That's all I'm referring to of this planet. So it's it, an unascended. Um, but I did find, uh, and I probably, and I shouldn't have done it really if I'd studied Dr. King's words then as much as I know them now, I wouldn't have done it. But I, I did find that I, I lost some willpower and I did start to make some mistakes, not immediately, but over time, because I was, my concentration levels reduced because I was entering to some degree, I wasn't in total trance, um, a, negative ele a negative element was coming into my mentality in order to allow them to use my voice. And this is, this is what I find very, very interesting indeed, that Dr. King has basically said years ago, many times he said, that, you know, neg don't do negative trance. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, I think he said once it, it's, it's safer to pitch a tent on the freeway or something yeah. than, than practice negative trance because you can be completely taken over. Now, that's going the full-blown, which I didn't do or anything like this, but if you go to the full-blown negative trance that some mediums especially were using in his day when he was going along to these uh, meetings and and probably still done today you have no control over it whatsoever i mean i think it's interesting that dr king after um uh receiving a um a, a, a mediumistic trans mediumistic communication uh, a cosmic transmission he didn't know it he didn't know what had been said i mean he went on television on one occasion and after he'd, he'd, in America, and after he'd taken a communication from the Master Etherius, the interviewer asked him some points about the message that had just been delivered. And Dr. King said, well, I'm sorry, I can't answer this because I haven't heard it. I mean, he did not know what had been said. After the giving of the primary initiation of Earth on July the 8th, it had to be played back to him. People like Charles and Monique, who were there, had to say to him, Lady Monique, I think this is the initiation. I think you need to hear this. He had an idea, but he hadn't heard it. And that's the kind of... So he was in that kind of deep state. That's the positive trance that he used, now the, which is involving samadhi. Now, the negative trance uh, 
uh, is like the other end of the spectrum, they also wouldn't remember what had been said, but for the totally the opposite reason, that they'd blanked out their mind completely. So if you ask what I do, I don't do either of those. I do something which might be more akin, although I'm certainly not comparing myself, to the type of thing that uh, Alice Bailey did with uh, the Master DK, where she entered a telepathic rapport um, and she did, I believe, according to some people I've spoken to at the Lucis Trust, use some kinds of clairaudience. I think although she might have frowned upon that earlier on. And sometimes in, in what she says, I understand, you don't even know whether it's her or whether it's him. I mean, it, you could argue that doesn't make any difference as long as the information is good. And sometimes I think possibly you do. Now, what I do is to focus very intently so you've got to get rid of your own thoughts completely so you can't think about what's being said or the content of what is being said just purely in my case using clairaudience or a kind of telepathic clairaudience you might say purely just getting the words as exactly as you can and nothing else at all and that for me is a, is a full-time job and the more elevated the communicator the more difficult it is as far as I'm concerned because when you start to receive a message from someone from a high level in my experience and I don't claim it's vast my experience you can um, start to get sort of almost dreamy because the energy is so wonderful and you after all are in a rapport you're almost in the envelope of that communicator and so you know then your concentration can lapse and you have to discipline yourself even more that's my experience anyway Richard do you feel that over the years that you've been doing that and I um, that your mediumship has evolved uh, in a, not in the same way but in a similar fashion to the fact that our master's mediumship evolved from when he was before the command and then afterwards. Do you find over the years that yours evolved? And, and what um, um, did you have to bring that about through spiritual practices and so forth, or was it just a, a natural thing? Well, I think um, certainly it evolved. I mean, one time where I, I could suddenly get certain people I couldn't get before, I noticed, was when uh, Dr. King was gracious enough to consecrate me as a bishop. That was a milestone. That did change it, although obviously the, that's not the main thing. That's a side effect only. Um, and certainly, um, yes, I think, after all, so one of the keys that Dr. King gave is that you have to be or a capable of being on the same level as the person who's communicating with you. And, you know, th this is, you know, I would like to focus very much on Dr. King rather than on my puny self, really. But um, I would say that as, as you do as a person evolves, or if not, even if you, you know, you still have many failings, but you're able to elevate your conscious more through the practices and through your experiences in the Ethereum Society, and probably above all, in my case, your, your, your connections with Dr. King personally, if you're able to do that and you're mediumistic, which... There's no need to be, by the way, but I happen to be uh, interested in doing it, and I can, I can do it. Then, yes, you suddenly find you can get someone who's more advanced. So, when I started years ago to give psychic readings, which Dr. King set up, set me up doing, I had some helpers at the time, 
And I later found out that those helpers were actually sort of disciples of someone who I could then get directly um, when I became a bishop. And then as it's gone on, uh, particularly with the Ethereum Society connections, which I believe are very, very elevated indeed. It's, it's you know, they are extremely high. Um, I suppose it's, it's not just that I believe, it's been stated anyway. But that's what I've discovered as well. And you've got to be able to get very high to get um, those. And, and, and as I say, that is a, an intensive job and it's much easier to do when one is perhaps just been privileged to perform a cosmic mission, for example, or when one has just been engaged in a, 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 a you know, in my case as a bishop, in some mystical event, uh, then it's probably easier for them as well to use somebody like myself or communicate with somebody or through or with myself. But that's all, you know, what I do is simply write down what I receive uh, what Dr. King did is, you know, he used the sort of... I mean, he, he virtually made it clear, I would say, I'm giving my opinion now, that you shouldn't use transmediumship unless you're an adept in yoga at all. Yes. Uh, because, you know, he defined positive trance in such an elevated manner uh, that I think you'd have to be an adept of yoga to do it. And most adepts of yoga that we know of in history, who take Swami Vivekananda or Swami Sivananda, or even if you take the great Paramahansa Yogananda, or I don't, you know, whatever level he was at, which was certainly a high level, um, these uh, great people, they didn't, as far as we know, use transmediumship at all. I, I can't think of someone who was adept in yoga who, in public, used transmediumship. That we know of, you might. I, I, there's no one comes to mind. They did other things with their power. I'm sure they had rapport and communications from higher beings, such as ascended masters and so forth. Uh, that's a different thing. That's a telepathic rapport. That's a mental transmission. Um, after 1981, Dr. King himself used that, possibly because of his health and age. He never did transmediumship, but in those golden mediumistic years, 1954 to 1981, he was doing something which, as far as we know, no one has ever done before, certainly in public. Mm, very interesting. Well, thank you for, for that, Richard, and for sharing your own experiences. And uh, I suggest we have a break now, and then perhaps after the break we can discuss more about what happened with the Master's contacts and communications um, after the command. Thank you, Chrissy. So over to you, Noemi. <laughs> well, thank you, Richard and Chrissy. That sounds absolutely fascinating. You are listening to Sirius Radio Live with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. The announcements are as follows. As Chrissy, Chrissy mentioned earlier, you are invited to join like-minded people in sending spiritual energy to the world during our live online 12-blessing service which is held on Saturdays at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time and on Sundays at 5.30 p.m. UK Time. And for more information, you can visit 12blessings.org. That's 12 in digits. In London, Richard will be speaking at the Mind, Body, Spirit Festival on Friday, 25th of May at 4 p.m. on King Yoga and on Monday, 28th of May at 1 p.m. on The Magic of Healing. 
And on Saturday, 2nd of June at 7.30 p.m., he'll be giving a talk in Essex on UFOs and the extraterrestrial message. For more information, visit richardlawrence.co.uk. And for the full program of activities in London, you can download the King Yoga Experience program from our website. In Michigan on Friday, 18th of May, at 7.30 p.m., Bonnie Watson will be speaking about the challenge of forgiveness. And on Tuesday, 29th of May, at 7.30 p.m., visiting speaker from Los Angeles, Paul Nugent, will be talking about cooperating with the gods from space. And these events will be taking place at the Michigan branch in Royal Oak. For more information, please visit ethereus.org forward slash locations, where you can also search for activities near you. And the next Aetherius Radio live show will be on Tuesday, 19th of June, during which Chrissy Blaze will be speaking to Brian Kniep about his years as a personal aide to Dr. George King. I'm now pleased to hand you back to your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you very Thank much, Thank you, Noemi. Oh, Richard, um, very... Mm. Uh, before the break, you very kindly uh, made such a, um, a great uh, difference between your mediumship and other people's mediumship and the master's medi- our master's mediumship, yeah. Dr. King's mediumship. Yes. You clarified that very well. And, of course, he received these, the command in 1954, and mm-hmm. that was the beginning of his many cosmic transmissions that he received. And I wondered if you might be able to say a little bit uh, about that, our master's background at the time, or um, mm. how, in a way, I, I know you mentioned before to me that he almost shouldn't be called a medium because then he became yeah. a primary terrestrial mental channel. Yeah, I, I, I do because I, I, whenever people sort of say I'm a medium, I, it's fine, it's, it's true, but I also feel it's, you know, almost uncomfortable when then it's the same word used for Dr. King because it's not the same thing at all. Um, I mean, I, I can give a little illustration of his description of what he actually does uh, when this is, he's actually here talking about power transmissions, and this was an lecture he gave in 1963. But he was talking about the mediumship he used, and of course, one thing that he did, which again I haven't come across, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, is he had many communicators uh, at the same time. And you and I both heard it, Christian, many listeners have heard this to Ethereum Radio Live. The voices almost overlap at times, yes. they come in so fast. And that, I think, is a completely revolutionary ability in in what we're calling mediumship. I don't think it's come across. And he described the trance. And and if I just give some of his words, I think everyone can see what I mean about the difference between this and what other people have done. He says this, It's a yogic type of trance which is brought on by a direct conscious manipulation of kundalini. That's the first sentence. Now, I don't think there are many mediums that I've never met a medium I'm not saying there aren't any anyway that could that brings on their their mediumship by a direct conscious manipulation of kundalini I mean certainly kundalini um, is a factor in all life and in all spiritual development I would very much doubt that any medium actually knows exactly where the kundalini is lodged while they're channeling how much of it is lodged and even what chakras are activated while they're channeling. I think they're too busy 
just focusing on getting the message, tuning into the being, perhaps seeing the intelligence who's communicating with them, and just getting the thought. Um, anyway, I read on. And he says this, after talking about bringing a director's conscious manipulation condition, he says, I allow myself never more than two minutes to get into this condition. See, there again, right. because, because he had to operate, as you know, Chrissy, at such short notice sometimes, because of world emergencies, he trained himself to the level um, of being able to do that in two minutes. He, he learned that ability very early on in the 1950s and, and, and you know, in, in doing the biography I've come across some of the memories of people at the time like Keith Robertson and Tom Curtis who were there before he even went to America and also later people like Charles and Lady Monica and Irene and so on and he had that ability now which brings up your question that you asked which is a very interesting one what, you know, what was he doing before this um, well I think it's well known he practiced advanced yoga and that means kundalini yoga, raja yoga, nani yoga for about eight hours a day for ten years. He didn't know, I believe, why he had to do this at the time. He he, he was in the in the search for truth, in the search for wisdom, search for knowledge, um, not just for himself, of course. Always he wanted to um, bring a cure to certain ailments, and his in his healing work was really good. I mean, his sister told me he was an outstanding medium in those years before the command. Uh, sorry, healer, as well as a medium. But he, um, he obviously, you know, with hindsight, the reason was, and he knew, often Dr. King knew what to do. He didn't always know why at the time. It was to get himself ready and prepared to be primary terrestrial mental channel. So he he was already, he had to, some extra exercises that he had to practice, which were given to him uh, by a, a yogi called Sri Nandi, who was teaching at that time in uh, Hampstead in London. Um, but as Dr. King later said, and he had to be honest about it, it was really Sri Nandi's privilege to give him those exercises. Because we all know, of course, where Dr. King came from, namely another planet. He he This, this to him, was nothing from where he came from, but he still had to go through, uh, as a karmic manipulation, all the the moves, the steps, the stages, and he did it to perfection. And so he was able to enter this trance. Then he goes on in his description of the technique, which I find absolutely fascinating. He says, I can do it in 30 seconds if I'm pushed. And then he says, I will not reveal the mechanics, even the mental mechanics of this particular manipulation, because it is dangerous. It has never been demonstrated before. Now, there's a a definite statement. It has never been demonstrated before, he says. And this isn't, he didn't broadcast this too widely. This was a particular talk he he gave, mainly to members uh, in in, in America. He went on, this never been demonstrated before, this type of condition. Now, this is where I think it it gets really, really interesting and really talk about from seance to science. I mean, seance, mediumship as we know it, especially the kind of trance mediumship, to be honest, in certain, I won't name them, but in certain organizations, it was woolly at the very best. It was muddled. It was confused. it, It wasn't exact at all. And the accuracy could be very, very low. You, you, you might, if you're lucky, you get. He used to say half, fifty percent of the medium, and fifty percent of the communicator. But get this: this is what he did. This is what he says: a beam is tuned into. Now this beam 
varies between the size of a half dollar piece. In England, it would be about a two and sixpenny piece. I'm trying to think now in modern coins what that is. Maybe the nearest thing over in England would be a 50p piece, only round. Um, but I think people will get an idea. It's a small, uh, you know, well, a fairly a reasonably sized coin, actually bigger than the American coins are now, but still that sort of perhaps twice as big as a... As a, as a dollar coin, I don't know, but something, or 50 cent coin. So he goes on. So that's the size of the beam. To something about the size of a dollar piece. So it'd be between that and, and the size in those days of a dollar piece, twice as big. Inside this beam appears to be quite a bright, bluish, pinkish light. And that is what I have to concentrate on for however long the trance condition lasts. If I lose that, I lose the whole communication and the whole thing would then be jumbled. So that's, as I say, something entirely different from any other yeah. form of mediumship that's ever been described. And he even admits it there, it's never been demonstrated before. He goes on, there's more than one beam existing at the same time. Now he's talking about the power transmission. When there's a fluctuation between, for instance, Mars Sector 6 and another operator, I have to move quickly between a beam which seems to have a physical position about six inches in front of the head to one that might have a physical position of probably two feet to the side of the head. So it's an immediate switch of consciousness from one to another. Such a switch could not be done by the conscious mind, so it's brought about more by the superconsciousness. So this is what he's doing. He's focused on these beams, which he's seeing through a very high chakra, possibly the Christ center, that beam is then, I say possibly the Christ center, is then placed upon a particular chakra, and he's never revealed which one. There are some who believe it's the throat center. Um, and then it seems that once he's done that, once that beam is placed upon that chakra, whatever chakra it is, it automatically then translates into thought through his brain, his brain being English, it's in English, if it was German it would be German, and into sound through the larynx. His task is just the focus on that beam and then the focus of that beam on the chakra in question. That's like a really scientific approach, is it not? It really to a practice is. which has been nothing well. but confused and woolly, and, and a lot of mediums, they couldn't even tell you what they're really doing. And in some ways, that doesn't mean it isn't good. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not accurate at all, because they can't explain it. And there are a lot of healers who can't really explain properly what they're doing. But Dr. King, with everything, he turned it into a very exact science. And this is a, an outstanding example of it. It really is. Well, thank you, Richard. That was fascinating. <laughs> I hadn't heard some of that. Um, yeah. So thank, and there's another hallmark. I mean, his skill is extraordinary, and yes. you're bringing that out. Um, one hallmark that you mentioned was that he was able to, when he was taking transmissions, they sometimes almost seemed to overlap. And of course, yeah. there's the other one that um, so many different different communicators over the years, for those 600 transmissions, and yet over the years, the different communicators. Uh, you know, the, the same voices came over and Absolutely. over again. Absolutely. You know, I'm not explaining it very well, but... No, you, you are. No, it's so true. right away. I mean, that exactly. must be an incredible skill. I it mean, is. And, 
It is, and I'd I'd like to say that you know I'm I'm one of those people who who spent a lot of time with Dr King. Very fortunately for me, and also heard him many occasions um, as a raconteur or a storyteller or a joke teller, uh, which could be, and you'll know this, Chrissy, just hilarious. You could have people in stitches yeah. if you know he was. He had a tremendous sense of humour. That's probably something we should yeah. talk about more often, considering yeah. you know, we talk about the suffering and he did suffer, but he he also kept this amazing sense of humour. Um, actually in his very latter years it was rather sad because it was painful for him to laugh which was so sometimes we had to not be amusing for that reason but that aside he was hilarious but the point I was going to make sometimes he would adopt voices as we all do in telling stories I'm really bad at accents myself and and he was pretty good but he wasn't fantastic you know we know people who were fantastic at accents like just to name a couple, Ray Nielsen and Alan Mosley would be two who were very, very good at, you know, among his followers at, at doing various voices and, and, and mimicry and so on. Now, he, he could adopt a voice, which was fine, but you couldn't bet on it the next time you heard a story similar that it would be the same voice. That's a point I wanted to make. You know, he wasn't, he didn't have that capability. Uh, I observed it didn't matter. It's, we're talking about stories and jokes. And who cares? But when it came to his trans mediumship, you could hear the master of theorists in 1955, and then you could hear it in 19 or the master of theorists' voice through him in 1979. As you rightly say, 24 years later, completely recognisable. Yes, and that's so just a. Absolutely, and I I know that that's not ability that he could have he could have imitated. I I only mention that because to give people, if you like, confidence. I mean, it's an interesting point. You know, as a, as a trans medium, I mean, I remember um, I think it was a Roger Whittaker or, or some someone who, who here who knew a lot about the voice was amazed by the when I was on a television interview once uh, the tenor of the or the timbre of the voice in these transmissions, and I think that's one of the things that we, we could dwell on, I mean, the voice, for example, of Jupiter transmissions yeah. is, um, is so uplifting because it's almost sung, isn't it? And, and it's, yeah. you know, it, it gives you the very thing that Jupiter transmissions, if you read them, give you, which is to lift you up. You're risen by them. And the voice does that even more so. Um, if you, for example, listen to Mars Sector 8's voice, and he often used to deliver, he, he was known as Mars Sector 8 General Information in those early years, that communicator. And he would give information, and it could be quite upsetting information of, about nuclear effects, about, you know, there's one called you can now, what the Dr. King called, you can now kill women and children, congratulations. He could be very acerbic and, and very rapid in his delivery. But the delivery, almost metallic, uh, in a way, that's probably not quite the right word, but very full-on, very definite, unarguable, um, really lends it a, a great force to the points that he was making and the information, for example, about the silence group, the cover-up of UFO information, that voice rattling off different countries and the cover-ups they've perpetrated um, is just so powerful. And then I think the voice one must mention is the Saturnian voice in the one energy yeah. i mean there it you know part of that isn't even the words at all it's just hearing that voice uh, it's a gentle wise uh, but knowing all knowing 
unarguable, so, so certain, it doesn't have to be uh, put over in, in any other way than a very gentle way. I, it's, I can't do justice to describing these voices, but people can hear them, and they in themselves are a teaching, as is, as you rightly say, the power that they generate. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Richard. And then later on in, in Dr. King's mission, he used a different type of mediumship, didn't he? He Can did. Can you explain yeah. that? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, just before we leave the other the other one, though, um, there is one thing Dr. King did say about the, tra- the, the trance missions delivered in trance. He said, the interplanetary communicators are able to transmit their thoughts upon a magnetic beam which acts as a carrier wave. This beam or carrier wave can be directed by their applied mental uh, pressures with almost uncanny accuracy towards any human being, whether capable of conscious reception or not. Uh, The radiation is not limited to distance between transmitter and receiver, neither is it limited by differing vibratory octaves of existence. In other words, the master ethereus, says the master, is capable of transmitting his thought waves in a predetermined pattern over great physical distance distances and from different planes of existence now the reason i mention that is because it's my belief that a guide even on a higher realm wouldn't be capable well i won't be dogmatic but would be very in nearly all cases would not be able to do that so that's not doctor that's not the medium i'm talking about now i'm talking about the transmitter um and so you know that means that the whole nature of the of the mediumistic experience especially as you go further down the levels has to be very different because the the guide isn't particularly and when you get down to people just contacting their loved ones which is not recommended by the cosmic masters except in the case of bereavement uh just to help with bereavement but not as a regular thing for any other reason um, but there, the, the the communicator may not have much power at all. Never mind, uh, you know, transmit a beam. They couldn't transmit a beam, I wouldn't have thought, anyway. Well, I'm sure they couldn't. And so you, you're in a totally different uh, type of uh, mediumship. Sorry, Chris, that was not what you asked me at all. No, no, that was uh, very I, interesting. I, I, I just want to do that. <laughs> but no, the other, the other um, condition that, that Dr. King uh, did use, I mean, he, he did say very early on, he said it, it's possible to receive a series of telepathic impressions while still being fully conscious of one's immediate surroundings. And he gives an example of that uh, when he did on actually on the top of a bus. And he had a stream of illumination for two hours from the Master Ethereus. But he wasn't in a trance condition. And he, he couldn't have been uh, in a trance condition under those conditions you know, because he'd have needed to use this positive yogic trance. So there's massive differences, and that's what he later became known as a mental transmission. And he used to receive those, particularly in the latter years. He would have a, a portable tape or a cassette recorder, as it was then, and he would receive the thought, then he'd speak it in his own voice, uh, put it down on the on the tape, and always at the end of such a communication or series of, of communications, sometimes he'd be speaking back and then receive something um, back. I've been in the room with him when he's done this, or he, sometimes he would write it down. Um, he, he would then always test the tape and sometimes ask for it to be scanned to make sure he hadn't made any mistakes. It was a regular practice that he did. And so in that case, it's a much lighter condition. He's not in a full trance at all. He's aware of, of, the, situ- of the conditions around him, 
but able with his abilities to focus intently on the communication that's or the thought that's being come. He's, he hasn't never broken down any more than that about how it's done, but it's more of a telepathic procedure. Uh, it's not comparable. What you know with the with the uh, trance channeling, if you want to call it that, that he did. Well, thank you so much, Richard. It's very fascinating to hear that uh, he could prepare in two minutes and perhaps even 30 seconds for this type of I know. communication. But then afterwards, it was it took quite a toll on him, did it not, Richard? I mean, you spent a lot of time with him. Did you experience yes. that? Well, I, you see, when I came to know him closely, he was right at the end of his trans-mediumship um, period. And he, yes, I mean, I was, I, I, I was about... Hardly, the, I think one where you were there too. The the transmission about Operation Prayer on Level Four uh, was actually yeah. in England, um, and it did affect him a lot. And, and and all day he had to he wasn't he didn't speak, and the whole thing was very very demanding for him. And you know by then he was not a young man anymore, and very difficult. But from what one gathers in 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 his prime in the 50s and the 60s he was in superlative condition I mean, he could be in the middle of a meal he, he, he could have his fork lifted to his mouth suddenly get the bip as he the blip i think he used to call it and he he'd put his fork down go off into the transmission room and within this 2 minutes he'd be in the trance and you know he he, he was is a superb uh, de- display of adeptship uh, you know that he that he demonstrated in those years. In terms of mental transmissions, I mean, he he would get those very very frequently, you know, right up to the to the latter days, and he would he was very meticulous about it, um, he very careful. As I say, he'd often get it checked back to make sure he'd got it right. Um, and I, and I've been with him, um, for example, where, and I'm certainly not alone in this, when he's been communicating out loud. With a say, for example, in one case, I remember one of the Gotham Masters, uh, Adam Nixie 0011, and he was verbalising and getting communications back, and I was standing there with him. I didn't see the being, the intelligence. Um, I I put that down to my lack of ability. I, I, I was trying to help him as well. I was focused on trying to help him, but I certainly felt it uh, because he, in this particular occasion, he introduced me to this being. And I felt absolute wave of powerful energy um, come over all over me when when I was introduced to him. Well, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, amazing. His incredible body of work, really, isn't it? I mean, 600 mm. cosmic transmissions, which are like foundations for this coming age, don't you think, Richard? Um, and yet his yes. own humility, I mean, in taking this incredible body of work... Would you like to yeah, well, share some thoughts? Yes, on I, I would, because on, on the 21st of July, 1964, and I think this probably summarizes it, Mars Sector 6 made this statement. He said, search as you will throughout the world we refer to as terror. You will never find greater teachings, more simply given, a greater truth with less distortion than you find in and through mental channel number one. Um, I think in that statement you have two points. You have, well, you have several points, but it's interesting. It doesn't, I just stress this, and then we'll get on to the, 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 the mediumship, but he says you will find in and through 
mental channel number one, which has often been missed, I think, by people who quoted that, because that is, is stating that the teachings aren't just the ones that he channeled, they're the ones that are within him already as well. That's a complement to his own individual teachings as a master in his own right. And of course, Dr. King never chose to focus on that. He'd be far too humble to do so. But there also you have the two key points. You'll never find greater teachings, more simply given, uh, with less distortion. So I think there you have two really good yardsticks that people could use in assessing any medium or channel. One, the caliber of the teachings that are received by that channel, and that's the great, that ours are greater than any others. I, I, I mean, every time I look at other teachings, and there are other great wisdom, of course there is on this planet, but it always... It brings me back to our teachings, Chrissy. I, I don't. I mean, I, they, they, some of them are very good. But for example, on the topic of karma, just to name one topic, they don't come close to the explanations and the and the keys and the secrets and the methodology and the practice of karma yoga that we have. Um, and and you could go through many other things with that. So that's the caliber of the teachings. But the other point is, with less distortion which is a brilliant word i think because that's what we're talking about we're talking about distortion by the medium their own mind kicking in and you know that's why he, he said when he's in it it's performed by his superconscious. his conscious mind isn't even involved it's the conscious mind that the medium needs to deal with that's the thing when i do my very basic practice that i do of, of, of receiving messages i have to work hardest at I don't think some mediums even try or even bother or even realize it's a problem. But you, if then they're not going to be getting it purely. You have to work hard not to let your conscious mind distort what's being delivered so that you're just a vessel. You don't have to agree with it. It's best if you don't even take in what's been said at all mm. until afterwards, if you can do that. Mm. Uh, and you can do that uh, you know, without entering trance. But it takes, as far as I'm concerned, real effort, real intense effort. In the case of Dr. King being on a whole different level from everybody else, um, it, you know, he did it through these receipts of these beams. And this is just pure accuracy because then the beam goes straight to the chakra and then it's translated by his brain and you're going to get something. And he's, he said once, if you get 98% accuracy from a medium, you're doing very, very, very well. And I think with Dr. King, you're getting... Above that, I, I would say that's my opinion, but you're certainly getting, you can bet on it. It's, it's, it when, when it's done like that, it's a whole different thing from what we might call mediumship. And the whole range of his uh, communications from uh, reporting in the lower realms, the battles there, yeah. to reaching up to the highest heights of like the lords of Saturn. And you yes. know, it's incredible range too, isn't it? Which must have affected it certainly him, I'm is. sure. Absolutely. So thank and I think one just—I think we're running out of time. But I, I'll yes, just mention that the master theorist's voice, I should stress, is an absolutely wonderful voice. And it's my understanding he he took it, and I don't know this, but it's been said since you've heard this, I'm sure, from overhearing a curate, which is a junior vicar, uh, at a tea party, and then he adopted that and he's turned it into something, if that's true, entirely different and resonant and compassionate and terribly encouraging. And on that note, we must get back to Noemi to, to give us our yes, announcements. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Chrissy. Well, a big thank you to Richard and Chrissy for a fascinating show and for the wealth of information we heard today.
As a reminder, the next show will be on Tuesday, 19th of June, where Chrissy will be speaking to Brian Kniep about his years as a personal aide to Dr. George King. And if you'd like to find out more on the facts and publications mentioned in the show, please visit aserious.org. You can also connect with Richard through his website at richardlawrence.co.uk and with Chrissy at chrissyblaze.com. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening.